Welcome to the Root of Power podcast, where I teach you how to chase your joy, find alignment, and create a life and a business that you love using actionable methods, interviews, and inspiring stories from people who know that true freedom is found within. I'm your host, your always hype woman and sometimes ass kicker, Amanda Chills, and I am so proud of you for choosing to step into your power. Come along, we've got dreams to build. All right. Hello, Root of Power podcast fam. So I have a story before I introduce Tyler. I was actually really nervous to reach out to you for like no reason other than like I looked up to you so hard when we were swimming together. Y'all, Tyler and I actually grew up swimming against each other, synchronized swimming, and she was beautiful, like beautiful. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not cool. I can't reach out to her. So like I finally did. And here we are. Um, So she's living in San Diego, living her best life. She's an embodiment coach, a non-diet dietitian, and certified intuitive eating counselor. She's the founder of Food, Body, and Soul, which side note, I love that name. She empowers empaths to embody their authentic expression. Oh my God. Yes. And guides others home to themselves through intuitive eating, somatic movement, and spiritual wellness, like literally food, body, and soul. Yep. That's right. Literally. So hi, how did you even get here? (laughs) How did we, what is this journey known as Tyler in 2022? Oh my gosh, Amanda. It, first of all, I want to start by saying, I am so glad that you reached out to me and that we were able to hop on this call together because there's something about synchronized swimming sisters that we just, we, we connect with one another. We can go years, years without Mm -hmm. communicating. And yet here we are. And -hmm. it can be like, we, we never skipped a beat, you know? And Uh, I I think something interesting about synchronized swimming is it gives you such a female empowerment support. Like I grew up with people being like women are a caddy. And I'm like, I literally don't know any women like that. Like women have always been quite literally on my team. Yeah. That was such a cool experience. Yeah. Yeah. Synchronized swimmers are special people. I think we're all kind of weird in our own way. Just kind of (laughs) weirdos, goofy as hell, you know, the fact that you chose the sport synchronized swimming from a young age tells you a little bit about you, the way that you move through the world and that you just do things differently. Um, and here you are with purple hair and here I am doing like, you know, live in your best life, food, body, soul. So yeah, okay. my journey, you know, I grew up as a competitive synchronized swimmer. I thought I was going to go to college for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of things were happening in my family. You know, my parents were getting a divorce. My mom was really struggling in her addiction to alcohol and I decided to stay home in Tallahassee, Florida, and just go to community college so I could take care of my mom, basically. Um, So there was a codependent relationship and sort of this um, Mm self-abandonment, right? Because I was so focused on others. Um, And I think a lot of women can relate to this in people-pleasing and just, (laughs) yeah, external validation was something we were taught 
very, very early mm-hmm. on, you know? So I'm in community college and I'm like, well, what the f- do I want to do with my life? Because <laughs> I thought I was uh, going to go to college for synchronized swimming, right. but um, so I decided, you know, Hey, maybe I'll study exercise science. Cause I'm an athlete. Makes sense. Let's try that out. And part of that route included me taking a nutrition course, took the nutrition course, found out you could be a registered dietitian. And of course, That's we're cool. also told choose a practical job, something mm. that, you know, you'll be able like job security. <laughs> right. And so I was like, okay, registered dietitian. Yeah. That sounds like practical. Does sound practical. Yes. And so, and simultaneously, my body was going through a lot of changes and I was turning to food and exercise as a way to control my mm-hmm. life because everything else in my life was a shit show for lack mm-hmm. of better words. So I thought to myself, oh, I can control my food intake and I can control the exercise that I do. Yeah. That gives me some sense of stability. Yeah. When in fact it was the food and the disordered eating that was controlling me. Because and it I allows you to off. avoid the work because you're like, yeah, I am working. I'm going to the yes. gym. Yes. It's That's a same. form of dissociation. It's mm-hmm. a form of dissociating to not, to distract ourselves so that we don't have to feel the pain that we're going through. Ooh, girl. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I, transferred to Florida State University. I uh, continued on the path studying nutrition. And then I ended up getting a job um, at the health promotion department at Florida State University. And I worked under a dietitian who specialized in eating disorders and intuitive eating. And this really saved me, Mm. you know, working for this dietitian, it allowed me to make peace with food in my body. And it, if it wasn't for that opportunity, I probably would have developed a more serious eating disorder. Yeah, so wow. intuitive eating holds a really special place in my heart. And I knew that um, it was something that I wanted to continue doing. Mm-hmm. While everyone was graduating from Florida State in the nutrition program to enter their internship, because in order to be a dietitian, you have to go through a dietetic internship. Okay. So people are graduating, are like applying to their internships. And I just was like, no. No, I'm going to move to San Diego. <laughs> Love it. And I'm going to become a registered dietitian in California. I don't know how, oh, yeah. I don't know when, but that's, that's the plan. Oh my God. I love that. It really was a leap of faith. I, the best things are. Yeah. A lot of my life, I, as I look back, I see that, um, this faith that I have mm-hmm. is just so it's a common thread in everything that I do. And I'm realizing that that's a gift. You know, some people, they're more logical, analytical. I've always leaned on the side of intuitive and um, faith and sort of the unknown Mm -hmm. and trusting that. Right. Like literally you said it, I don't know how, but this yeah. is what I'm doing. <laughs> this is, I love that. It's like you jump and the net will appear. Very much that that oh sort God, of yes. attitude. Yes. Um, I talk to friends about this because I have friends who like to, I don't want to say play it safe, but they just take a more traditional route sure. to living their life. And um, it just seems kind of crazy to them. But to me, <laughs> it just makes sense. Right. This and, is your normal. 
Yeah. And to yeah. those listening, maybe you're hearing it and you're like, yep, me too, girl. Like I yeah. live my life flying by the seat of my pants as well. But it's um, not necessarily flying by the seat of your pants. Like you figure it out. You, you just do. have this belief that you'll figure it out where I think so many right. people say, well, I don't know how to do it. And that stops them. And yes. it's like, find someone smarter than you. Yeah. And help yeah. let them help you figure it out. Like, or yes. everything is figure outable. You wanted to move to San Diego. I did the same thing. I when love I moved to Carolina. Marie Forleo. Everything is figure outable. Everything is figure outable. Yeah. Everything is figure outable. Like, yeah. And experience, experiential learning. I am here for that. Like just yeah. put me into a scenario where mm-hmm. I don't know anything about right. it. And, and let me figure out that's how to where, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm going to learn the most. Yeah. Like, yeah, I could read books and all that, mm-hmm. but put me in the action, put me in the experience. And mm-hmm. that's when we learn. That's when we really, yeah. I think know. people forget that. I run into a lot of people who are like, but I don't know enough. And I'm like, Action they say, I don't feel ready. Yes. yes. And the, the truth is you're never going to feel ready fully because fear is part of the human condition. Fear is what keeps us playing small. Fear oh is God, what talk keeps dirty us to safe. Me. And it served a purpose, you mm-hmm. know, when we were running from saber toothed tigers back in the day, but now right. we have safety available to us. Yes. The world mm-hmm. is wild and there's some crazy shit going on, but the majority of us are safe and or at least have some form of safety. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So back to story. So I, yes. I moved out to San Diego. I started my master's program and within the first semester of grad school, I thought to myself, you know what, I'm just going to apply to the dietetic internship because I feel like I'm ready. And again, it was an intuitive <laughs> nudge that mm-hmm. Tyler apply to the dietetic internship. (laughs) So I talked to admissions at San Diego state and I was like, hypothetically, if I get accepted into an internship and I have to leave for a year, what happens? Yeah. They said, apply, you apply for a leave of absence. You come back and you just pick up where you left off. No big deal. You don't have to reapply or take the GRE again. I was like, okay, thank God. And (laughs) so I applied to the internships. Now the the majority of dietetic internships are, you have to pay, you have to pay oh. the internship. I didn't have the money for that. I didn't want to take out more loans. So I only applied to internships that were paid, which was mm-hmm. less than I think 2% of the internships that were available wow. at the time. One of which was a forensic psychiatric hospital. So you're working with the criminally insane those who were found guilty of crimes by reason of insanity so we're talking sociopaths serial killers that that is literally fascinating very fascinating so that's what I applied to I ended up getting that internship I completed my internship at the forensic psychiatric hospital I, I learned so much um that is when I really honed in on the fact that I am fascinated by behavioral nutrition. Mm. So not just prescribing someone a diet, but really getting to understand the motivation behind someone's behaviors and what gets them to change their behavior, you know? So um, I came back to grad school with this new sort of 
outlook. Worldview, yeah. Yeah, this new outlook. And when I got into grad school, I was initially studying, I was working under a professor studying watermelon compounds, particularly L-citrulline, and how it um, can treat IBS and certain irritable bowel diseases. And my little brother has Crohn's disease. So that's why I wanted to study like gut microbiome and that sort of thing. But came back, had this new perspective on behavioral nutrition. And so I told my professor, I was like, look, I really want to look at social cognitive theory and nutrition behavior within children. And she was like, I'm fascinated by that. Let's do it. No one on the faculty at the time was doing research on any of this. They were only focused on nutrition science, right? which is great and so important. But we have to apply it to real life, which is behavior, which is all behavior. Exactly, exactly. So here I am yet again, doing something totally different (laughs) than what my peers are doing. And I presented my manuscript, my thesis, and the faculty members were kind of like, scratching their heads being like, this is so interesting. Mm-hmm. And then the next semester, they ended up hiring two faculty members that specialized in behavioral wow. nutrition and public health nutrition. So I don't want to say it was because of me, but I do think but it was because of you. It's fine. We'll just call it. <laughs> but perhaps I planted the seed to be like, maybe we need to look at other components of nutrition yeah. besides just the science, but also the behavioral science, because that's very important. So, so cool. I, when I moved to San Diego as well, one of the first departments that I went to at San Diego State was their health promotion department, because mm-hmm. at Florida State University, I worked at the health promotion department with a dietitian who specialized in eating disorders and intuitive eating. So I went to their department and I said, hey, do y'all have a dietitian I can work with? This was before I was an RD. They said, no, unfortunately, she left a year ago. We haven't had one since. And I was like, oh, bummer, you know, fast yeah. forward, fast forward to two years later, I'm an RD. I'm about to graduate with my master's a month before I graduate a position in the department, the well-being and health promotion department at SDSU opens up and I get the job. So life came full circle. It was just like the same woman that I had spoke to the years prior was the same Mm. one who called me for my interview and all this stuff. So it was so funny when you're doing the right things. Yes. Yes. Totally. I get chills talking about it. You just like, we're so supported. We really are. And so I've been working there now for six and a half years. Um, Also, when I moved out to San Diego, being a synchronized swimmer, I had heard of the LA based entertainment company called Mm -hmm. Aqualilies, which is professional synchronized swimmers basically performing different shows, different music videos and TV shows. So I auditioned and I got casted and now I am a professional synchronized swimmer as well. Which is like, you Um, were just in Las Vegas. Why did I, why do I feel like you were just in Vegas a few months ago? Yeah, I was in Vegas, um, LA. I'm about to they're about to fly me to Cancun <laughs> for a show. Girl. <laughs> so it's cool. Really exciting stuff, right? Yeah. And <clears throat> so literally that, get to live your dream. I was getting to, it felt very much that way, yeah. you know, that I got the best of all the worlds that I wanted to be a part of at that time. 
um, and still do. But obviously we, we evolve, we change. And since I moved out to California, I changed, you know, went through my own growth and evolution. And especially when the pandemic hit and we were working from home and I was also in the midst of a heartbreak, my partner at the time, who I thought was like the love of my life, Mm -hmm. just broke up with me out of nowhere. And it completely crushed me. It shattered me, brought me to my knees I think all of us have those heartbreaks that just really do a number on us. Yeah. And if you are into spirituality and the spiritual path, it's sometimes these dark moments, like a heartbreak or a loss in the family Mm -hmm. or any sort of sudden change that comes out of nowhere, this unexpected trauma, if you will, it can catapult us into the dark night of the soul. Dark night of the soul being everything just feels so heavy. All of your trauma, all of your darkness surfaces. Mm -hmm. And I think also during the pandemic, which was a collective trauma that we all experienced, you're sitting at home by yourself Mm -hmm. and anything that you, that you hadn't. Or have been trying to avoid. (laughs) Was coming to the surface to be alchemized. And when I say alchemized, I mean transmuted to be able to take that negative charge and grow from it to turn shit into fertilizer that's right exactly yes and that's essentially what started happening is I I was like you know what I'm gonna start my own business my own coaching practice I just got my certification to be yeah I just got my certification to be an intuitive eating counselor I'm a non-diet dietitian I already coach students on this stuff I know I can coach others Mm -hmm. Hired my first business coach, Food, Body, and Soul was born. I was only doing intuitive eating at the time. I was dabbling in spirituality because mm-hmm. that was where I found peace in my pain yeah. that I was going through. Um, and dance and movement have always been a huge part of my life too. I also grew up as a dancer. Mm-hmm. Um so dancing in the water, dancing on the land. Yeah. I'm here for both of it, for all of that. And food, body, and soul started to change as well. Mm-hmm. It started to shift into not just intuitive eating, but helping women to learn about spiritual wellness yes. and embodiment practices. Yeah. Because I noticed that it wasn't about the food and it wasn't about the food for me when I was having, when I had an eating disorder, it was really about this disconnection from our truth, this disconnection. Thank you for saying that. Yes. Yeah. Disconnection from our authentic self, Mm -hmm. because somewhere on our journey, we were told that who we are, isn't good enough, Mm -hmm. or we internalize the belief that we need to fix ourselves in order to be worthy of love and belonging, which couldn't be further from the truth right so so many of us walk around relying on that external validation relying Mm -hmm. on how others perceive us in order to feel safe and that's why I'm so passionate about helping others come home to themselves and embody their authentic expression oh my god I could literally scream Ah! (laughs) like I can it will hurt their ears but I can literally scream and that's what I (laughs) see all the time like and I I wonder if that's where a lot of nutritionists or dietitians miss, they, they miss the boat, right? Because they'll give people a a nutrition plan 
and not understand why that person's asking for a nutrition plan, right? Usually it's, it's, we know what to eat. It's not always the problem, but the disconnect from the body, like people who shut down to be accepted, to be safe, to get through life, to whatever, like if you have no roots in yourself, yes, you, you basically build yourself a prison because you'll take whatever you think is right from other people. And you'll say, well, I'll apply this and I'll apply this. This person, what do I eat in a day? Well, this person eats that in a day. I'm going to eat that in a day. This person does this workout. I'm going to do that workout. This person does this job. I'm going to do that job. This person goes to bed at this time. Oh, I'm, I'm missing a morning routine. You can't even know if a morning routine is going to work for you. If you can't feel good in the moment, but the missing piece isn't a morning routine or a diet or, or a workout plan. It's people have no roots in themselves because they've shut them down for many reasons. Yeah. But that's where food, body, and soul has to come together. If you have no embodiment practice, meaning you cannot exist in your body, you quite literally cannot feel emotions because emotions are energy in motion. Energy is felt in the body. Right. You can't have spiritual wellness because you have, what do you, what the hell are you connected to? Not yourself, not source, not God, not universe. Right. That all of those stem from a connection roots within yourself. So like, yes, yes to everything you just said, like, (laughs) I love all of your words, Amanda, they were, you just, you speak the truth with a capital T. I feel that so much. And I, I truly feel like more folks are starting to wake up to the fact that, um, embodiment we are in the age of embodiment the age of information is on its way out and it, you know? it's both right embodiment is, is information both. and information can lead to True. embodiment but like and i say this all the time the amount of people that i have to give a list of emotions to because they are yes. that cut off i never thought i would have to do that so i would because i'm intuitive right you grow up right in an artistic sport you inherently right. have a connection to your body more so yes. than other people yes and so i'd be like well how does that feel and they're just like literally deer in the headlights and i'm like yeah oh. yeah and i was talking about it, i was like oh like you you're literally so cut off that all you can feel is anger mm. only thing that gets through when you're that cut off Yeah. So I, I just give them a list of emotions and I'm like, pick one that feels anywhere near close and we can like work our way backwards. And it makes me so, you know, like people wonder why everyone is so angry these days and everyone is so whatever, like everyone is hurt and they're not sitting in their shit to turn into fertilizer because they don't know how. Mm. Mm. And then they're just angry. Yeah. The interoceptive awareness of our ability to perceive, you know, our internal sensations and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, cannot be overstated. How do you know if you're making a decision that's right for you? If you can't feel, if it feels good. Exactly. Exactly. How do you know? Yeah. You don't. Yeah. I really love reading about our nervous system and how we can heal our nervous system through body healing, through body practices, Mm -hmm. such as breath work, such as movement, somatics. Yeah. Because 
they talk about, you know, top to bottom approaches such mm. as cognitive behavioral therapy or talk therapy, very important. And for many of as us, that's place. how we start. That's how we start because yeah. it's easier for us. I know for me on my path, I started with talk therapy and it was a beautiful beginning. Mm-hmm. And then you hit a wall and you realize right. that you can understand and intellectualize your issues, your blocks, but it doesn't mean that you're not going to still act out in those same behaviors and patterns right. because your body is still not integrated. So then what we want to do is we want to combine the top to bottom approaches, such as talk therapy with the bottom to top approaches, such as somatics. Um, Yeah, really juicy. Oh my God. Yes. And I think, you know, so I have a lot of problems with coaches in the wellness space who do work they're not qualified to do. But one of the beautiful things that I think has come out of the coaching industry is its willingness to try, I'm not even going to say new practices, ancient practices, dance, rhythm, yoga, like somatic practices, coaches are much more willing to do it because they're, they don't have the the same bullshit blocks that therapists have where they say, well, I have a master's and they taught us to just talk, shut up, like shut up, deal with the whole person. So I think coaches have really forced therapists to look into somatic approaches and to study trauma, how it's rooted in the body. And I think it's pushed everyone to be better. Yeah. And I love that. And I love that coaches are like, fuck it, lay in the sand and cry. Yeah, that's that's what (laughs) you need to do. Like I had a client get in the ocean, baby, let it go. Like I had a client a few weeks ago. I work, I have a farm and I work with horses. So I work with my horses and I was like, just go hang out with them. Like whatever, just go out. They'll figure out what you need. It'll come to you. They ended up sobbing in my field with all the horses. And I was like, I mean, they like collapsed sobbing and I was like, okay, Mm. what Mm. you needed was to fall to the earth and give it to her. Like, yeah, that was what you needed. And the horses were like, just chilling, eating. They were like, yeah, I don't know what this uh, is going on, but like, whatever. Just holding space, like a boss, just like existing. horses do. Oh my God. They're such good space holders. They're just like, how yeah. are you? We show yeah. up, which is one of the reasons. That you- <laughs> but people That's forget, it. man, like, and therapy is done in a, in a freaking box office and you're on a go. Bleh, bleh. Hey. Yeah. Why do therapy yeah. outside under a tree? Like yeah. people forget mm. their connection to their bodies and it, mm. it is the missing piece. Like you can literally only do so much work intellectually before you have to dive. Like you have to go to the bottom of who you right. are. Right. Yes. And you can only do so much body work, like, and yoga, like a lot of people right. enter wellness through yoga or they enter it through dance or they, you know, right. enter it through whatever, like, and that's amazing. And it'll only get you so far. Like if you, yeah. you're just always missing half the equation. If you don't do all three, really, yeah. because they matter. Yeah, they do. Mm. So how do you, how do you take people through that journey? Like, how do you marry them in a way that makes sense to a client? Right. Cause obviously they're searching yeah. to resonate with this message. And then what's like the coolest transformation that you've seen? Mm. Yeah. A lot of my clients, they're women leaders in some capacity. 
whether they're coaches themselves, their counselors, their teachers. Um, I believe all women are leaders on some level, you know, um, and they feel like they're imposters on some level because they don't feel at peace within themselves. Mm. They constantly question their worth. Mm-hmm. They don't feel confident, embodied. Yeah. Um, right. And that's where the imposter syndrome sort mm-hmm. of comes up. So it starts with the food. It starts with their relationship to food and body image. But yet they also understand that it's more than the food. They know right. that it's they're basically, no. they're choosing the food and their body as the entry point mm. yes. to transformation, full mind, body, soul transformation. Oh my God. Um, it's not for the faint hearted. You know, there are some women, oh they just want they just want the meal plan. They just want, you know, the, the easy answer. And there are plenty of practitioners out there who can do that for you. I'm not that person. I love um, that. I say all the um, time, this work is not for cowards. Like you don't yeah. get to come to me and be a coward, bitch. We're, yeah. we're shoving you off a cliff. Love you, though. Yeah. <laughs> love you though. We'll have a net yeah. at the bottom, but I'm shoving you off a cliff. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, like I, I, it's, it takes bravery. It takes boldness and a lot of courage, yeah. but it's so worth it. It's so worth oh it. Gosh, Cause on yeah. the other side of that is freedom. On the other side of that is freedom. Oh my God. I'm obsessed with you. What's the (laughs) coolest thing you've seen um, happen for clients? Like take us through a couple of their journeys. Yeah. So one client in particular, you know, she she struggled with food and her body on the surface. And we, we began to dive into that. And usually how I start is first, just acknowledging how culture and society conditions us to disconnect from our body and how we can turn to food to find some sense of control and starting to wake up to the patterns, starting to wake up to diet culture, to fat phobia, um, and beginning to process that and beginning to create safety and grounding within ourselves. Because as we go through this process, it's of the utmost importance that we ground and that we create safety within ourselves. So we start off with meditation practices, breathwork exercises. We meet every week. So they have that support. Um, And then we begin to dive into some of the inner child healing because a lot of this stuff happened from a young age. It happened, um, you know, for some women, it's their adolescence, seeing their mom diet all the time or seeing their peers talk about dieting or maybe they grew up in a body type that wasn't accepted by society. So they internalized the belief they were bullied. They thought I'm not worthy. I got to fix myself. So really we're holding space for that inner child to be able to feel and um, reparenting ourselves around certain things that happened around food in our body. Yes, ma'am. And then of course, this opens up the conversation of, because at the root of all of it is low self-worth is Mm. this fear of not being lovable yeah and so we really identify that Mm -hmm. and begin to work with that and then I of course I incorporate dance and movement um for this particular client I actually created a playlist for her amazing um music 
music is very dear to my heart. It's sacred. And when clients also resonate with music on a profound level, I will create certain playlists that are specific for them that I've just like intuited that you need to listen to this. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I named it her name, self-love revolution. And she's just like, it was a huge support for her. And a great way for her to release energy too. when she was feeling yeah. stuck and feeling getting caught up in the past stories. Yeah. Because I think for a lot of us, when we're going through growth and transformation, mm-hmm. um, what we know mm-hmm. from the past, it wants to keep us in the past right. because that's what we know. Our ego likes to do yeah. that. And because it worked we, at one time. You know, like those stories protected you, kept you safe. And so I call it gremlin brain. So your gremlin brain is like, "Uh uh-uh, bitch, we ain't getting rid of this. It kept us alive. Exactly. Again. And then it's like, okay, but we don't need it anymore. Gremlin brain. Like, let's put it in a folder. If we need it again, we'll pull it out, but we don't need it right now. And then the gremlin brain is like, no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And like (laughs) holding space for all of it, right? Like we get to hold space for our gremlin brain and also for that, that woman that we're stepping into because they are all parts of us. Mm -hmm. So it's not about getting rid of the inner critic or Mm -hmm. the gremlin brain, as you call it. I call it the inner critic. um, Gremlin brain fits a lot of things. So I love that too. It's, it's, we get to hold space for all of it. And Rumi, the Sufi poet, he has a poem called this being human is a guest house. And I just love it so much because he talks about, he writes, you know, joy, sorrow, pain, sadness, happiness, invite them all in, invite them in for tea, welcome them all. Yeah. Um, And I'm obviously don't remember verbatim how the poem went, but the gist is that we hold space for all parts of this human experience because we are human and we will experience the whole spectrum of human emotion. Yeah. And or we experience nothing. And, um, yeah. yeah. And so how can we hold space for it and feel confident that we can hold space for ourselves in that becoming the witness of our story, becoming the witness of our experience, mm-hmm. um, the loving, compassionate witness. So obviously mindfulness plays a huge role in the work that I do. That's where the spiritual wellness comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, and what ended up happening with this client is she woke up to the fact that she was not sexually attracted to men. She has always kind of been sexually attracted to women as well as emotionally attracted to women. So she actually came out um, being... Oh lesbian being interested in women and now she's in this amazing partnership she's so happy she's fully embodied she's just radiating joy and radiating her truth with a capital t and (laughs) that to me is success that to me is like yeah that's why we do work and you know what's funny i love that you you talk about that roomy quote first of all if y'all don't know who Rumi is, please go buy a book of poems by Rumi. He's fabulous. Two, what happens when, when we just allow it to be an open door and whatever comes, comes and it's all good and it's all okay. And we don't hold on to any of them. And we don't run away from any of them. 
what I find is people actually sit in joy. Like people who allow everything tend to be quite happy. People who run from unpleasant emotions Mm. are miserable. So it's like counterintuitive to say, well, if I allow myself to be sad, then I'll be happy. But if I never allow myself to be sad, then I'll be sad. (laughs) Usually what they are is angry. Cause again, that's the one that tends to get across the wall, but, but it's so counterintuitive to say, let it all come when you're sad, be sad, be devastated, be hurt, be whatever you are, be happy, laugh out loud. Like when you're angry, be good and fucking angry. And then when it's ready to go, tell it to leave the door open Mm -hmm. and people just sit in happy. And I tell people like, you wouldn't try and catch the waves of the ocean, right? You wouldn't be like, Hey, ocean, no more waves. Now I'm going to hold on to this. (laughs) And you wouldn't build a, like, you just can't do that. You have to allow everything to come or nothing to come. Yeah. You may as well swim in the ocean in the meantime, like just let, let it be an open door. And it's so counterintuitive and everyone is like very confused when I first teach them that. And then they experience it and they're like, oh, like I was sad, but it was okay. Like I was sad and then it went away and now I'm good again. And I'm like, humans, if we let ourselves, and I tell people all the time, like your body's smarter than you, it's going to re-regulate. If you're sad, be sad. You'll re-regulate. If you need to have a panic attack, have one, you'll re-regulate. It'll be okay. And that's such an embodiment practice. And I like, yeah. oh my God, I just love that you do that with people because people yeah. think they can like, well, if I understand my emotion, then it'll go away. It's like, cool. That's half of it. Yeah. <laughs> we also have to feel it, friends. Feel, deal, and heal. I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? Feel, deal, heal. Ooh, I never heard that. That's actually, I can't take credit for that. That is by an amazing therapist. Her name is Tiffany. Oh my gosh. What is her full name? She is the founder of Therapy is Cool. And I just could not recommend her enough. Um, Tiffany Rowe, that is her trademark saying, feel, deal, heal. I love that. Yeah, deal with it. You're sad, deal with it. You're happy. Deal with it. We got this. Oh my gosh. I love that. What's Mm. your, um, so people work with you and they, they do these three things. What are some of your favorite practices that people are like, yo, Tyler is like the tits. She's speaking my language. We love this. What can people start doing if they are like, I don't know what the hell embodiment is. What am I supposed to do? Dance in my underwear every Sunday? Like what can people do to get started? I think started, it doesn't mean you have to break out and dance, but I would encourage someone to drop out of the mind and into the body. And how you can start doing this is by when you wake up in the morning, when you're brushing your teeth, when you're in the shower, just pay attention to how your body feels. Mm. Because when we wake up in the morning, a lot of us, first thing we do, we look at our phone, we, our mind starts going. And we yeah. start living from here, mm-hmm. but I encourage you within those, within that first 30 minutes of waking up, don't look at your phone. Don't look at your phone, turn it into do not disturb mode until, you know, you go to work or whatever your yeah. schedule is like. And just as you get out of bed, pay attention to how your feet land on the ground. 
while you're in the shower, notice how, when the water hits you, how does it feel? Mm -hmm. Notice um, any emotions. For me, I have always been a vivid dreamer. Um, I'm a Pisces rising, Scorpio moon. There's a lot of water in my astrological chart. So I dream a lot. And sometimes I'll wake up and um, depending on the dream, it'll affect my mood. Have you ever had that happen to you? So I'm kind of the opposite. I don't, I don't remember dreams very often. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I tend to remember mine and they tend to be very vivid. So when I wake up, I'm like, all right, we gotta, you know, shake this off and (laughs) kind of work with it. Um, And perhaps that's not someone else's story, but either way you begin to notice, oh, what sensations am I feeling in my body right now? When I feel joy, where do I feel that in my body? Um, Maybe it's in my heart center. Maybe it's in my solar plexus, like my stomach region. So just the practice of asking like- how am I feeling? Yes. Asking the, starting the practice of asking, how am I feeling? And then tying it to the body. Mm-hmm. Yes. How many and times? I think so many, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I think so many of us begin to create stories about our emotions too. And that blocks us from really feeling them. Yeah. So if you have a feeling and your mind wants to start creating a story of where that coming from pause the power is in the pause I always say that to my clients as well just sit with the emotion don't create a story around it just become the witness of it become Mm -hmm. the witness to the experience of how you're moving through it because this too shall pass emotions are simply visitors passing through so let them pass through and become curious bring a compassionate curiosity to the experience I am literally obsessed with you everything you say is so good I wonder and I I would be willing to bet you run into this because I do and I'd be willing to bet people who are new to this practice will run into this and they'll ask themselves and I'll ask them oh how do you feel well I think I'm blah 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 and I'm like I don't give a shit what you think (laughs) I asked how Mm -hmm. you felt or I'll be like how do you feel and they'll give me like a, not an emotion feeling. Um, right. I feel busy. I feel fat. I'll get that fat. one a lot. I feel fat. That's not an emotion, fat, but thank you. That is an emotion. Right. right. Yeah. That practice yeah. is so good. Um, so people can just start asking themselves, like, how do I feel? And then tie it to a sensation in their body. And it's funny yeah. as you were talking, I was thinking how funny it is that even like the English language partners in like uh, a physical action with a feeling sit in it move through it um there was one that was in my brain and now I forgot it but like our language partners them and we forget put it down right that's an action um Mm -hmm. dance it out like whatever there's I'm sure there's other ones yeah move the energy yeah move the energy dance Dance helps to interrupt anxiety and our thoughts. So that's why I also love to use dance and movement. Like spontaneous movement helps to interrupt anxiety. Um, So, and you don't have to be a professional dancer or synchronized swimmer to do that. (laughs) Something I'm actually really looking forward to is 
something I want to start doing in the community is holding um, embodiment workshops um, in person where we get to focus on the somatics. It's not about the performance because trust me, I get the pressure to perform and I know you do too (laughs) because of your background, but this, it's not about performance. It's about the experience um, and the somatics of it all. So that's what's next for, for me. That is so cool. Yeah. Amazing. How do people Mm -hmm. find you if they're like, oh my God, Tyler? Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, I am on Instagram. That's probably um, where I'm at the most. So you can find me at tyler.rolling, like the Rolling Stones, dot rd. Um, And then I'm also on Facebook at Tyler Elizabeth. My middle name's Elizabeth. And then I have a Facebook group, Food, Body, and Soul. You can search that and request to join. Um, Yeah. And my website, of course, tylerrollingrd.com. Love. How's your business going? Because it's only a couple years old, right? Yeah, it's only a couple years and it's going really well. I'm really excited about this year because I'm I'm really stepping into the holistic approach versus just focusing on intuitive eating. So really bringing it full circle, food, body, and soul. And I just can't wait to Which see is really, what I happens think, like, with all of that. I mean, heck, this interview is any indication. Like that is where you are going to create so many ripples. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, I love this. It's exciting. <laughs> I just love it. I love it. Any anything that we didn't cover that you hoped we would? I know. I feel like we just this was such a delicious conversation and so inspiring and energizing. And I feel like we touched go all the bases. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I gotta go move this energy. I'm, right. I'm so excited right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I love I love that you were doing this. I love that you're doing just like, yes, because the more people integrate those three things, like it's so simple when you pull those three levers, like it is so simple to just be happy and to like, for you and, you know, as, as the coach in this scenario, as a therapist in this scenario, like it is so crazy to watch people when they first come in. And when they leave, it's literally like two different people, but I'm like, yeah. this was you the whole time That's underneath right. all this shit. Like, right. and it's yeah. them the whole time. And it's so yeah. freaking cool to watch. It is. It was yeah. so cool to watch. Oh my God. I just, tell us how to find you again. One more yeah. time. For their yeah. Ear. Yeah. One more time. So you can find me on Instagram at tyler.rolling.rd. You can also also check me out on my website, tylerrollingrd.com or find me on Facebook at Tyler Elizabeth. Amazing. Now, if people forget everything we just said, they're like, I have podcast amnesia, Amanda and Tyler, and they only (laughs) hear this next thing that you say, what would it be? It would be that you are not a problem that needs to be fixed, that you are already whole and complete. We're just simply peeling back 
the layers of that which was never yours to begin with so that you can remember who you are and come home to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're ending on that. Yeah. Yes. Bless oh up. I am thank obsessed. you. No, literally, thank you. <laughs>